This is In the Know for Friday, August 11th, the 223rd day of 2023. There are 142 days left in the year. Good morning, MB, guiding you through In the Know at K105. On Litchfield's Country Station, 1039 The Moose, live online at K105.com, via the Apple and Android smartphone app, using the SoundCloud, iTunes, or Spotify podcast, on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitter. And the hashtag is in the know. Coming up today, we'll update you on the latest news headlines from around the community, the county, the Commonwealth, and the country. Looking forward to a visit from Congressman Brett Guthrie. We'll share that with you. And we will also be uh, Where's Quacky Day Number 5. That and a whole lot more coming up today here on In the Know. He is the five-time winner of the coveted Ohio News Hawk Award. He's the two-time Silver Sound nominee. Covering every corner of the globe, London, Budapest, Rio, Tokyo, and even Litchfield. He's Sam Gormley and the Sports. Morning, Sam. Morning, Ralph. How you doing? Good. How are you? Not too bad. You got more, uh, well, you got scrimmage football again tonight. Yeah. The Cougars are taking on the Storm tonight. The Storm. Yeah. From, uh, Hopkins County. Hopkins, Hopkins County, County Central. Central. So They're traveling, he- though, Headed to, uh, yes, headed to Hopkins County Central tonight, 6.30 kickoff in because it's not technically in Madisonville, isn't it? Morton's Gap. Something I think like if, that, if you're yeah. if you're being real, you're being technical. Correct. Uh, some of the Cincinnati Bengals are playing tonight as yeah, well. Yeah, against the Packers. Okay, so that's uh, the uh, the the used to be Aaron Rodgers's. Yes, now the Jordan uh, Loves. Uh, the Jordan Loves, yeah. That's, yes, uh, and used to the used to be Randall Cobbs's. Uh, yeah, were weren't were and now there weren't there weren't again. <laughs> oh yeah, right. Because he went he, to Dallas and then he went back. And Houston in there again. too, I think. He's but been, uh, been around the world. You read anything in the last day or so about this Phil Mickelson deal? There's a new book coming out with revelations about the levels of his gambling habits. Always known he was a big gambler, but some staggering figures if they're true. Yeah, uh, he seems like he might have a problem. Seems yeah. like he might have a problem. I mean, like a hundred million dollars or something that he was betting. Would, I, mean, I mean, wouldn't that be nice to have a hundred? I mean, to be able to throw down a hundred million dollars and not even have to. Re- I mean, I'm right. sure he worried about it a little bit, but he's made so much money in his career. That- no wonder he joined Liv. You know, <laughs> he had to join the Liv tour to get some of his money back. Is it Tuesday? Over there in chair number three, we say what? First Baptist Church Litchfield knows them as their worship and discipleship minister. The Internal Revenue Service Ooh, knows him as Tennessee Cook. Their names you can't. You and I lovingly know him as Yukon Cornelius. Morning, Humble Bumble. Hey, hey, what's going on? Hey, welcome on a Friday. This is weird. Glad you're here. Uh, you're going to be confused all day. Okay. On what day it is? Yeah. Because you're no waiting. What is this Tuesday? Yes. Uh, but um, so thanks for filling in. Hey, uh, sure. Did are we getting you out of mowing the lawn or something? Is that why you uh, wanted to come in this morning? Maybe he's taking out the trash. Okay, you were trying to avoid some type of responsibility. Yeah, something you still have really at least small. a couple more days of Alex. Get him out there. Make him take mm-hmm. the trash out. Right. <laughs> Alex is at work. He's working he's got today. A new job. Oh, yeah. Uh, and he moves on Monday, right? Officially That's right. becomes a, a Western Kentucky University resident, an official. He's resident. been a student for a while, uh-huh. officially because he has his card. But he comes a, becomes a resident next week, and he's uh, hitting the books early. He is he's yeah. working at the bookstore. Ooh, there you good. go. So he's filling everybody's book orders so that when they come and get moved in and registered for classes, that's the books are ready in a box with their name on and ready to go. And then the trainator. He is uh, he what playing oh, golf? Oh man! And he, he played is, yesterday. He's swinging for the greens, brother. Yeah. Let's let's hope he's never gambling at the level of the film. My goodness, that sounded we'll reminded me of Michael Jordan. Level <laughs> oh there yeah, with uh, his gambling. It, uh, I, I guess so. It was nice though to hear that the uh, Grayson County golf team beat Edmondson County yeah, last week. Defeated the Cats. Right. That's uh, just a little over. I mean, because we're one week from Tobacco Bowl day. Oh yeah, yeah. It's a week out, and then uh, of course you got soccer and got cross country. It uh, tis the in fact. Boys soccer t- plays Edmondson the, tonight. They do. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. on a Friday. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so very good. Oh, uh, by the way. Um, uh, Dennis, I, I do want to make sure because I know a lot of people follow you socially and stay connected and you and your family. And so I don't want to pretend like it, it didn't happen. So, But you all have suffered a loss in your family. And I know you probably want to take a moment just to, well, one, briefly explain and then thank people for their support. I sure appreciate that. Uh, Sarah's grandmother, uh, Louise, passed away. Actually, both of her grandmothers were named Louise, and that's her middle name. And um, But, yeah, Sarah's grandmother, her mother's mom passed away. A couple of days ago, and unfortunately, she had suffered with uh, Alzheimer's for for several years, and 
it made it very difficult, as many of you have probably experienced in some way, shape, or form in your family or friends um, where relationships were, were strained because people don't know you and it's different. But um, we're thankful that she is in a much better place now. So thanks for everybody that said something, uh, reached out on Facebook, that sort of thing. So, no more suffering and right. uh, renewed um, Absolutely. on the other side. So that's so Her wonderful. mind is wonderful now. And thanks for sharing. I had always seen the L in Sarah's name, Sarah L. Cook, and I yeah. never knew that that was uh, for, for Louise and that's on right. her her grandmother. So yeah. uh, very, very neat. Thanks for sharing. Uh, you may have seen some fog early this morning. It was uh, some, some patchy fog throughout the area. We will not see a really good chance of rain again until tomorrow. There'll be some scattered thunderstorms throughout the day tomorrow. But first, a mostly sunny day in 89. We'll see mostly clear 74 overnight tonight. Scattered thunderstorms and 94 tomorrow is what you can look forward to. And then we get into next week. We've still got some rain chances. But highs pretty much remain in the 80s next week, except for on Tuesday when we won't uh, probably won't get out of the 70s. So, Ooh, uh, But you see a 30% chance of rain for next Friday. Let's hope that's in the afternoon or the midday and not uh, during the evening. Oh, it'll probably be 7 o'clock. Yeah, probably right on the, <laughs> right on the money. Uh, the story I'm holding says 53 people have died in the Maui wildfires, but I just happened to talk to uh, someone with the American Red Cross about an hour ago, and uh, they tell me that the latest information that they received was 55 people in the Lahaina wildfire and uh, many with the emphasis on many, many people still missing. And so I have just marveled that in the year 2023, 55 people can die in a fire. Yeah. But it shows you the rapid way that this fire has moved through, the the winds, the way that it's kicked uh, kicked everything around. I saw a picture of a scorched banyan tree. And if you've ever been uh, fortunate to travel to Hawaii, the banyan trees are there and they're huge and they're big and they're impressive. And so it just... It's just a real tragedy to see that. So uh, prayers with the with the Hawaiian people uh, today, and uh, hopefully they will be able to uh, recover. But it's obviously going to take some time. But do think the mm-hmm. fires are contained. They're still dealing with some wind from that hurricane, but I think the winds are going to subside throughout the day today. So we hope that will be uh, the case. Three arrested, including one with federal warrant uh, following a high-speed chase yesterday that ended west of Caneyville. About 4.20 yesterday, Grayson County deputies were informed that there was a pursuit involving the Ohio County Sheriff's Office traveling toward Grayson County on U.S. 62 at speeds of at least 80 miles per hour. The vehicle pursued was an older model two-tone pickup that was part of an investigation being conducted by Ohio County authorities. Uh, Our deputies began traveling toward Caneyville, and the fleeing vehicle turned off Beaver Dam Road onto Yemen Road, then onto Free Zion, then onto Aller Road, and then a dead-end gravel road, and they ran off into a field, tried to uh, escape, but were quickly caught, and arrests were made. So, can you keep your Ohio County people over there. Listen, you know, I'm always getting nervous when I hear some relatives of yours. Well, I can't necessarily say yes or no on air. Well, I mean, drove right through your uh, boyhood home. Listen, I mean, you you grew up right there on 62. Did right, so yeah, 62 and 505. Uh, let's see. I was trying to see if there were any names. I don't no, see any not names yet. yet. Okay. Well, he may know before we know. I will say that uh, wh- last week, one of the arrests that was made was right across the street from my mom and dad. So oh, yeah? They had nothing to do with it. Right. But mm-hmm. they were probably happy it happened. I mean, <laughs> well, to get people off the street. Were they going to send Cookie Cook after them? No, Cookie Cook <laughs> was huffing and puffing at the door, I'll tell you that. Uh 24 hours later, we know a little bit more about the disaster in Jefferson County, the transportation disaster in Jefferson County over the public schools. I heard it discussed several times yesterday. Uh, we shared with you yesterday morning some students, the final last students weren't delivered until 10 p.m. Wednesday night. My goodness. And it was just a transportation disaster, according to the superintendent there. They canceled school for the rest of the week and then figured out how to be ready come Monday. And I'm not sure how you fix something like that in such a short period of time. Um, I, I did see that they're bringing in UPS to help them. Are they? Okay. Which, when you think about it, well, that makes a lot of sense. Well, as I understand, I heard it yesterday. Because UPS apparently confirmed. offered to it, and then apparently it is now. That's what it was? The UPS apparently offered during the summer, and they went with this other company instead. And oh. now I think that they're kind of like, hey, 
<laughs> okay. I mi- so I misheard that. That's interesting. Well, yeah. this 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 was later on yesterday afternoon that I, I read this. Right. UPS is coming in, which Very good. again makes sense because who knew, who would know how to do that better than them? The state lawmakers in Jefferson County, or at least uh, twelve of them, wrote a letter to the governor saying that they needed to be called into special session because uh, it, I want to be clear. It says. Our school district has failed for far too long for the good of the community and, most importantly, for the future of our children. We must act boldly and we must act now. One of the things they want to do is they want to pass a state law that allows students to go to their neighborhood school, which minimizes the need for uh, transportation. So I think I think also think the legislature is very interested in getting their hands on the Jefferson County public school system as well. One of the things I know they want to do is split it in at least half because they say it's too big to be effective. So... Whether they're successful in that or not, I don't know. But it is unlikely there will be a special session called uh, to to that end. It just uh, it, there's only one guy that can do that, and he's not going to he's not going to do it. I was reading something this morning, and I don't know a lot about it. I want to study some more on it. I know that our school has an archery program. Apparently, there is a part of the uh, bipartisan safer. A Communities Act that withholds funding from schools with archery and hunting programs. And it is concerning, uh, obviously, some officials around the state said the decision to withhold funds threatens these programs, which rely upon grants to supply archery equipment for school startup initiatives and support the delivery of after school programs. I had no idea. I had no idea of that act. And I had no idea that it also maybe has a ripple effect on archery and, and hunting how programs. it would because i would think that the archery is in the athletic department budgets and it's not like the athletic department budgets would be affected by this i agree by the way that uh, I, I the archery the archery programs in schools originated in kentucky i read this morning i didn't oh, really? realize we were the first to do yeah, that which is why the international tournament or whatever is usually in louisville sure oh yeah it makes perfect sense all right uh congressman guthrie we have a visit from him so we need to get to our first break early but we do want to do day number five of Where's Quacky. Uh, yesterday, uh, Shane Graham was one of the many people that knew Quacky spent the day at the Grayson County Health Department. So congratulations to Shane. He gets a, uh, he or she, I, do you know he or she? He, that, they they he, get a duck in the ducking hunger regatta. In fact, he was skydiving in his picture. Oh, he was? I, That's awesome. Uh, great for well, him. So with a duck? I Potentially. All right. Day number five of Where's Quacky? Quickly, we need to know where Quacky is spending the day today. Uh-huh. This picture is on our Facebook page. You need to comment. Tell us where Quacky is spending the day. On Monday, we may name you the winner of the uh, latest round of the Where's Quacky contest to support the Ducking Hunger Regatta coming up on Labor Day. We have a visit from Congressman Brett Guthrie. We will share that with you coming up here on In the Know. Brett Guthrie represents Kentucky's 2nd District in the U.S. Congress, and he joins us in studio. Congressman, good to see you. Welcome. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. This 2nd District uh, runs, I guess, almost west of Owensboro, so all of Davis County down into Muhlenberg County. Yes, all Davis County. So essentially, if you're if if you're in Bowling Green, that's where I live, and you drive yeah. the, the Natural Expressway to Davis County, every county you touch is uh, add McLean County to it and Muhlenberg County, and then follow the Ohio River up into to uh, suburban Louisville, and then come down I-65. So Grayson County's in between that, right? So everything in between. is So it's kind of a big loop around Natcher, the Ohio River, and 65 outside the Snyder coming out of Louisville. Okay, I didn't know if you were technically in Jefferson or Oldham County. I, do have, I, I don't have any a, of Oldham, but I do have a, part of Jefferson. A portion of that. Yeah, it's that stretch of Kentucky where you leave Lexington and go to Louisville and you cross four congressional districts. <laughs> exactly. It's, uh, exactly. It's very odd. Yeah. So you're in, the, you're in the recess from Congress for the summer, so you're back in district uh, doing lots of meetings, meeting lots of people in various places across that second district you just described. Specifically, what are you what are you doing in Grayson County? Who are you seeing? What have you uh, What have you experienced while you're here? Or going well, thanks experience? for having us today. So uh, I I spent the time at the Chamber of Commerce today. So today was back to school day, I believe, at the Chamber of Commerce. So I got to hear a lot about what's going on in in in, in Grayson County in the school system, which is good to have because uh, you know we we most of the school systems uh, issues are settled here locally, which they should be, in Frankfurt, which they should be. But there's a couple of things that we do in, in Washington, so that was part of the day. The big part we were meeting with, uh, I know there's areas, particularly in the WAX area, we're working on water issues, making sure I know they've had some water, intermittent water. There's some role for the federal government in that, but uh, we are, we were dealing with your county executive and your water group, Judge Henderson, sure. trying to uh, 
can we do to move that forward? I saw a group of dignitaries yesterday, including uh, Representative Heverin, got to tour uh, Blue Oval, got to see the progress up there. I guess you're keeping tabs on that project. It's obviously in your district, and it's going to make a huge footprint in Glendale. Well, it's going to be a huge footprint there. You know, we also have the Envision plant going into Bowling Green. And so areas that are just, you know, close to there but not right next to there, Grayson County being an absolutely perfect situation, I believe, I, I think, to serve if for battery suppliers. So if you're going to serve, if you serve Ford, if you serve uh, uh, Envision, then you would you – would, be a great place to be here because you can easily get uh, in from stuff to Bowling Green. You can get stuff to uh, get your uh, supplies to uh, Hardin County. And so I think it's a good, this is a good place to be. So it's going to change Glendale. It's going to change Bowling Green, but it's also going to change the second district. And I think there's going to be a lot of, lot of suppliers that want to come here and be part of the economy. Is this what did to what happened to Georgetown and Scott County in uh, 1989 in that range? I think it's that equivalent. I absolutely think thing. it's that equivalent. Yeah. Going to have a going to have a big impact. We'll be interested to see what the second district looks like in the uh, in the next decade and uh, I hope you'll still be around. How many terms? How many terms? <laughs> I've been there since in? 2009. I don't know. That depends on the citizens of the the second district and we'll see moving forward and you know i do hope that it takes off i always have to say you know i i know there was a big infrastructure bill and an inflation reduction act that's giving a lot of federal money to build these programs i actually think private industry should build them i didn't vote for that so i don't want to sit here and say i'm taking credit for the the great um transformation happening here in this area i do hope people buy electric cars hope it's not just building plants to produce products people don't want to buy because it's kind of interesting usually you have a market and you go build a product to sell to that market, what's happened because the federal government's essentially building these plants is that the car companies are building the plants and hoping that people are going to buy the cars five or six years from now. There's the bleeding edge of technology, and there's the leading edge of technology. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of those early adopters failed or you know, had financial struggles, but maybe the market is right now. Kentucky is sort of banking on now being the time we'll for We'll see EV. where it goes. I think it's serious for us to look at it. And the question is, would they be building these plants if it wasn't for federal dollars? Right. And, and that's a question I would like to ask, and, and I don't think so, quite honestly. I do think that there's a market for electric vehicles. The question is, as, as the Biden administration has mandated, that it has to be two-thirds of all cars sold in nine years. And so that's 2032. And two-thirds of all cars sold, that's 15 million cars and trucks, like trucks, SUVs. Sold in America, uh, 15 million. That means 10 million cars will be sold. What, what we've run into, and I don't think this threatens what's going on in Glendale at all or what's happening in Bowling Green, because there's going to be a growth in electric vehicles. The question is, is it going to be two-thirds of every car on the road or bought and, and then on the road over? So you're talking about in the 10 years after 2030, that's 100 million cars. Without thinking through, which this administ- Biden administration has completely failed, Secretary Buttigieg has completely failed of thinking through, is there enough lithium? Is there enough charging? Are there enough charging stations? And and the federal government can't build them all. It's got to be the private sector moving forward. Mm-hmm. And they're not going to build them unless, one, the federal government gives them money to do so, which I don't support, or one, there, or two, there's people buying these cars. And so it's kind of, you kind of got me going on this, but <laughs> the early adapters have started buying these cars. So if you look at some of the electric vehicles that are, that are being produced now, the early adapters had bought them, and it was really hard to get some of these vehicles early early in the year, maybe even a year ago. But now they seem to be stacking their stories of them stacking up in dealers' parking area because if you're in Washington, D.C., and you say, we want electric cars, and I my and I had Secretary Granholm before our committee. I'm Energy and Commerce before my committee. I said, all right, you want people to buy electric cars. What about the charging station? What about the – and you go through the whole list of things. So are you going to have enough power grid? Are you going to have enough things moving forward? And they go, well, we'll figure all that out. Well, the, the problem is if you're the smartest person in the room, even if you really are, just don't think you are, you can't, you cannot and you should not. And then my core political philosophy believes you can't outthink over 300 million Americans. We're going to think for ourselves and we're going to do things for ourselves. So if, if they're saying you need to go buy an electric car, the first thing American people say, if you're not an early adapter, you want to be, and you're just going to, okay, am I going to use it around town? If so, that makes sense. Do I want to drive to Destin for fall break if I buy a SUV electric? Well, I can't get there, so I'm not going to buy that car. And that's what's happening now. All of these things that that, that 
we were called uh, naysayers and anti this and anti that because we had a committee hearing on this just last month. And it wasn't that we're denying electric cars should be out there and people should buy them. And if they want them, they can have them. But what we're saying is there's a lot of issues that are being overlooked, but the American public doesn't overlook it. They, it it's their pocketbook. And so they say, I'd love to have an electric vehicle. I've heard people say, I'd love to have an electric vehicle, but I can't have something that if I can't get 300 miles on and then I got to find some place to park for four hours to charge my car, that just doesn't work for me. Yeah. But it, clearly, you are aware of all the questions that the consumers have. And, <laughs> well, yes, uh, and, and, we'll, and, it, and we'll they're not going to buy cars until they get addressed. Right. And, uh, you know, Secretary Buttigieg announced, I think, the other day, 500,000 new charging stations. And you can have a press conference, and that sounds impressive. If they reach the level of cars they're predicting, or they, they're enforcing, not predicting, but enforcing, in nine years, you need 28 million. That's the scale of our economy. Right. All right. I know there are some co- some key things you've been working on throughout the last few months that I know we want to touch on. Um, in addition, obviously, you have Fort Knox in your district. Absolutely. You have the uh, Wendell H. Ford Training Center down in uh, Muhlenberg County. The NDAA, I know you're passionate, went mm-hmm. to West Point, you served. So you're passionate about uh, our military veterans, et cetera. Tell me about the NDAA. Is it like $240 million? Yeah, well, we're, we're trying to... We're, the NDAA, so if you read the Constitution, which I read often, it says you were, America's only allowed to have a army, a standing army, every two years. So it's in the Constitution that the regular army can only every two years. Of course, we have one that's standing. So every we actually do this every year instead of every two years. But our founding fathers were concerned about uh, a, a long-standing army. You know, remember they what the second, uh, the Third Amendment says you can't quarter troops in someone's home. So people were really worried about a large stand, standing army. At the time, so every, every we do this every year. We come back and we reauthorize the military. And so there's a certain things with soldiers' pay raises we have to deal with. We have to make sure we have the right equipment, uh, buy the right equipment. And a big part of it is in making sure that you know Fort Knox is integral to the national defense posture. Investing though, was there something in particular about this year and that uh, authorization? that provided more for military service men and women at maybe new levels or are there are salaries increasing yeah, salary, to help with there's, troop I think retention? it's the largest salary increase in maybe since the Reagan Reagan time. Of course, this bill now is uh, being debated. It, it passed. It's out of the House. I guess it's going to be – we have to deal with in the Senate. So the Senate, I don't think, has passed their National Defense Authorization Act. And then there will be a conference committee to come together. But there were a lot of, uh, lot of concerning things in that moving forward. Uh, there are a lot of things happening in the military. We think the Biden administration is uh, producing some liberal philosophies over military preparedness and readiness. We believe and, and have some evidence to point to that's affected recruiting. You know, people say, I don't want to go join the military if they're going to focus on things that aren't about providing the common defense is what the military should be focused on. So we put some things in into the bill that, that made it um, – Democrats wouldn't vote for, you know, Democrats believe abortion to the ninth month. We don't believe that. And so we put into the bill that the military can't pay to send people to other states to have abortions. And, and that made the, the it's usually a bipartisan bill that made it partisan. So we'll see what happens in the Senate. I was reading on things that I, I wouldn't consider things like uh, the spouses of military service men and women with licensure issues when they get uh, when they get moved to a different base or a different installation to serve. Sometimes it's a hardship that the spouse can't immediately go to work in their line of work, and so there are things to try and expedite that process and and really support military families. Yeah, one of the big things in recruiting, not just recruiting, but retention. So if you're uh, trying to keep uh, an enlisted or an officer who's you know mid mid career and, and they're trying to make the decision: do I last it out for twenty years or do I do I do I stay in or do I not? Then you know their families move around. Your families move around a lot, and a lot of them spouses, husbands, or wives are maybe nurses. They may be school teachers. And so if you go from Fort Riley, Kansas, to Fort Knox, Kentucky, that does your license or does your license transfer? Are you a social worker? Does it transfer? And so the Kentucky General Assembly actually put into that they recognize military spouses licensure. And so uh, I don't know if there's some licensure you have to double check or check, but you don't have to recheck your license. And so that was a big factor. I know Mark Esper was president of Trump's defense secretary. Remember they moved the, the third Corps, I mean, the, excuse me, the fifth Corps here to uh, Fort Knox during uh, Mark Esper's time. 
And one of the big decisions that we pushed when I was dealing with him trying to make that happen was that it helped Kentucky put in a law that allows licensure for military spouses. So it's some, one thing you wouldn't think about is that each state has, you know, licensures for teachers, certification for teachers, not licensure, licensure for physicians, licensure for nurses, those kinds of things. So if you're, you know, it kind of the idea is you, you move to Kentucky and you set up your career and you live in Kentucky. But if you're military, you move everywhere. You may be in Kentucky one, three years, sure. and away three years and back three years. And so how does that fit every fit every state having its own licensure affect military recruitment? And if you're a, you know, your mid career soldier and you're trying to stay in the military, but your your spouse says, if we make another move, I can't teach. I got to go do a relicensure. You may get out, and we're trying to make it easier for soldiers to stay in and be in have retention. I read an article a couple of weeks ago that uh, caught my attention and, and made me uh, curious, and so I know a little bit more about it. But I kind of want to hear you explain it. the The thing I saw it says Congressman Guthrie wants to deplatform drug dealers, and I thought deplatform drug dealers. What What does that mean? So share with us kind of what what you think deplatforming drug dealers deplatform drug dealers. One of the things that we have a problem with. Um, the, we have an issue with is is we passed a bill called the Halt Fentanyl. So this kind of gets a little complicated, but fentanyl is a molecule. It's a molecule that will kill you. And I'll just say this to anybody: if you think you're getting Adderall, if you think you're getting marijuana, if you whatever you think, and and it seems to this day and age people think marijuana is fine today, it absolutely isn't. If marijuana doesn't have fentanyl in it, it's still going to affect you. It's negative. It's not good for you. But if you buy marijuana, some people lace these with fentanyl and can kill you. We see that happening. Well, what, what happens is fentanyl is illegal to do that with, but you can change the fentanyl molecule ever so slightly, and then it becomes a legal substance. Not It's not an illegal substance that you can send people to jail for. So what we want to do is you have the HALT Fentanyl Act. We want to make sure that that if you have anything that, that has a fentanyl effect, you know, the Biden administration fights us on this. The Democrats have fought us on this. And I cannot imagine not trying to make this illegal, and it gets back to they say they're you see it in the big cities. It's not just happening in big cities. It's happening in Congress where, you know, in Washington, D.C., where I, I am half half the time, half of the year, uh, there were too many carjackings going on. They said, well, if we, treat, if we treat carjackers nicer, then maybe they'll quit carjacking. So they made it easier for harder to put carjackers in jail. You see it in Chicago. You see it in New York. Well, that, that's in Washington. So they don't want to schedule fentanyl. Because they say there are too many people in jail. And we can have the argument, maybe there are too many people in jail for whatever offense. But if you're selling fentanyl, you belong, that's killing our kids, you need to be in jail. Another one is xylazine. Um, xylazine is a, is, a, is, a, is a drug that veterinarians use to, to tranquilize uh, animals. Now we're finding it in, laced in other drugs. So I'm telling you, if, if you think there's a recreational harmless drug to have in America... There's not. You have to assume everything has been laced. If you're, if you don't have a prescription in hand, and show up at a red a licensed pharmacist and have that pharmacist dispense it to you, you need to assume it's got fentanyl in it and it will kill you. So clearly, there's a market for these drugs. Uh, that's what you know. That's how We're, cartels make a living. We have to deal that's with the demand side as dealers. well. So, but there's a I, what I read was a little bit about how Section 230 meets drug dealers, where drug dealers oh, okay. are. You're talking about that section. They're okay. they're hiding on the internet and selling these things, but there's no liability for the people that are housing these websites. Okay, I, and, I didn't know that was the specific question yeah, you're so, asking. So, well, so, so, I'm very curious about <laughs> Section 230 okay. because it also impacts our business. It does so impact. So. So, so people understand what Section 230 of the, the Telecommunications Act, what, what was happening when that bill was written, essentially, it's hard to believe there was a time we didn't have all the websites and the Googles and things that we have now. <clears throat> but they didn't, they were just coming into being. And so what it said was, if I'm a, if I'm a, a Facebook or TikTok, you could say either any of them, and people are going to, and I'm providing the avenue, and people are putting the content on the avenue that I'm providing, I can't police everything that's coming on my um, my area. They I just can't. So we exempted a lot of these uh, social media companies from being responsible. And it's hard to define what you're responsible for because, you know, what's hate speech? They say when President Trump gets people, would, if you let it, the government define it, the current FCC would say, well, if President, Trump's and give, Tr- President Trump gives a speech, that's hate speech, right? We know that the Biden administration said if you said that fentanyl, I mean, excuse me, COVID came from the lab, 
that that was incorrect and banned from being on on platforms. And so we're trying to figure out how you define this without letting the experts do it. So, But we want to say that if you're selling illegal drugs, then the platforms that provide the – there's some belief that, that it's – there's some uh, – not complacency in it, but not an effort to stop it from happening. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, I, I questioned the TikTok uh, CEO when they came before our committee. I said, how many illegal drugs are sold in China over TikTok? Almost none, if none, probably zero. How many are sold in America? Well, we don't want that to happen on our, on our, on our um, platform. And there's obviously a way to stop it from happening because they're not doing it in China. And so that's what we're trying to do is make sure that they have responsibility. I wouldn't understand the exact question. Sure. I, I, I guess you're reading the headline, and I know the, the – but the set, we want to amend Section 230 that you can hold social media companies liable if people are using their platform to sell drugs. It's a very interesting consideration because of the freedoms that we have as Americans. Mm-hmm. At times, they're our own worst enemy. We we are able to sell drugs or drugs are able to be sold on social platforms because of the freedoms that are protected to us where mm-hmm. China doesn't have that problem. So I have this, um, I guess I have this curiosity about Section 230 of whether it allows, if the toothpaste is already out of the tube, mm-hmm. do we have the ability to get it back, back in back and in rein some of these in? And well, I that don't was know. the problem with, with TikTok. If you know, we had a highly publicized hearings. I was on the committee and had a chance to, to, to question the, the CEO of TikTok, and we're all pushing for TikTok. And so we're trying to regulate content. But how do you do that? How do you regulate? How, who defines? I'm telling you, the current, the current Biden administration, if you let them regulate free speech, which we shouldn't, then – and that's, so I'm not advocating for it. They would say, well, President Trump, anything he says shouldn't be allowed, right? Right. Or, and then they say, well, we need to leave it to the scientists and experts. Well, if you do that – so if you do that, as I said, then anybody saying that – you know, um, you always have to wear a mask because it's always protecting you. If you got banned from uh, from platforms for saying that that's not true, which we now learn that's not true, you would you would be banned from it. So it, it's just very difficult to define that. But what we want to do is give our, our law enforcement officers the opportunity to use that tool to prevent people from selling drugs. So it's very specific to selling drugs, not just speech, because I – Gosh, I, I can tell you speech that I don't want to see on the internet. Right, but, sure. But do I want? Do I want to judge? Do I want the po- American politicians around judging everything that should be on the internet? And I don't want to want to see that either. Right. All right. So in district until what Labor Day or so? Yeah, we're back we're, to DC. Back after Labor Day. You got plenty more things you want to do between now and Labor Day. We well, got district? a lot going on. We have twenty counties, and so we've had a great day here, and and want to be back and forth into into Grayson County as well. It, we're we're meeting with different groups, different people. One thing I'm having next week is a meeting uh, with a group of, of rehab providers. We talked about the demand side of of drug drugs, and and so we have to we have to deal with the the criminal side. So I got the the platforming as you were talking about, also the Hall Fentanyl Act, where have xylazine being scheduled uh, for non veterinarian purposes. But we also have to deal with the demand side, and there are a lot of people who have criminal behavior. Because they're addicted. Some people are just bad people, and you can't dismiss that. You can't just say we're going to let people out of jail. Some people absolutely belong in jail, but there are people, if you deal with their their dependency and their addiction, then you can deal with their criminal behavior. Their criminal behavior is only there because they're serving their their substance use disorder, addiction, whatever you want to call it. And so I have a bill I'm working on to try to increase um, more support for people trying to get in recovery get working today's the the uh, you know i've been to a couple of employers today everybody's looking for workers you know people are needed and so what we're trying to figure out how do you get through a 28-day program and then get back into society because if you go through a 28-day program and go right back to where you were typically if you're unless your friends all went through the same 28-day program you're with usually if you go back to the same right. friends who are doing the same thing it's really difficult to resist that but Got if it. people come out of those 28-step programs knowing that there are people who want me, there are people who need me, I can change my life, I have the services that can support me, then I can get back to work and be a productive American citizen. So if you want to sum everything up about why I'm in Washington, D.C., I want people to live out their potential, whether they're coming for, out of a recovery center or they're coming out of a university. I want people to have a, an opportunity to be successful 
And the opportunities to be successful is when you have the tools to do it yourself, not when the federal government does it for you. If the federal government tries to do it for you, it's going to be a failure. But if you can do it for yourself, and we can, we can give you the tools to assist you to do it, whether it's not just federal government, any government, providing adequate schools, adequate uh, recovery sources and things like that, then that's what I want to support. All right, they're getting ready to drag you out the door. You've got other places in the district you have to be. Uh, come back soon. It's always good to see you, Congressman Brett. It's always good to see you, and always good to see you when you bring your group to Washington. Thanks. We'll see you soon. Did you know people who part their hair on the left are viewed as reliable and intelligent? So that's regretful for me, for Dennis, and Congressman Guthrie. Sure. Because we we have depart. We don't have left or right part. We have I, I go to the de- left. Depart. I don't really part necessarily. I get too much hair to... Yeah. Yeah, your hair is. If there's a part, it's on the left. Yeah, your hair actually goes to your right. Correct, but it's parted on the on the left. So, Dennis, is he reliable and or intelligent? No. No. Uh, Okay, I'm just checking. (laughs) I just. Very, very good. It's a two-person show today now. Yeah, I guess. Uh, Oppenheimer <clears throat> is now one of the ten highest-grossing R-rated movies ever. Oh, wow. That was quick. I'd never really considered that. Um, you know, the, is... the biggest movies are typically G or PG because they reach a much broader audience. Does it have what's number one? Uh, on Wednesday, the movie overtook 1984's Beverly Hills Cop to enter the list of the top ten biggest oh. of all time. Uh, the Passion of the Christ... $370 million is the oh, highest. I, I would have never gotten that. I would have never guessed that. I don't think I would have guessed that either. No. Uh, the Hangover Part 2 is on the list. The Hangover is on the list. The Matrix Reloaded, Deadpool 2, Joker, American Sniper, Deadpool is at 2, and The Passion yeah. of the Christ is at $370 million. Wow. Well, several recent movies make up that top 10. Really? I'll be interested if the newest Deadpool, when it comes out, mm-hmm. when it has Hugh Jackman in there, if it might get closer to that. But that's... 370, that's a lot. And what's interesting about the, you know, Jim Caviezel playing Jesus and the uh, the Passion of the Christ, you don't think of that as an R-rated movie because mm-hmm. of its content. Right. But if you've watched it, I mean, it is something. And I'll tell you, Dennis, how many times have you seen it? I don't know, less than five probably. Yeah, I've only seen it once because I can't bring myself. Like, every year I say I need to watch that around yeah. the Easter season. But I tell you, it is so gut-wrenching. When you actually understand what was done for you, yeah, and so it's just something I should do. But I'm, I, I just, it's. Um, you read about it, you sing about it, you live your life based off of that. That's right. That relationship, and then when you finally do something to where you see it, it's so powerful. That's why, I like the chosen, you you hear these stories for so long, and you kind of see some of it put to life. It brings new imagery to your your mind and your imagination it's just wonderful the scourging and the crucifixion are so violent that's why i got the r rating and that should tell you what you need to know about you know the the sacrifice for you the other big movie of the summer perhaps the biggest movie of the summer is barbie which uh, is interesting barbie meets science neil degrasse tyson figures out exactly where barbie world is in the real world oh okay so he decided uh Actually, somewhere in the Florida Keys. He says, in the Barbie movie, the moon's orientation places Barbie world between 20 and 40 degrees north latitude on Earth. Palm trees further constrain latitude between 20 and 30 degrees. The sun and moon rose and set over the ocean. If it's in the United States, Barbie world lands somewhere in the Florida Keys. Interesting. So leave it to Neil deGrasse Tyson to figure all that out for us. Thank you so much. I don't know if he's talking about part or what, but hair part. Roger, I, I don't know. He's, he's, he's calling himself intelligent. He's deep and, Oh. And. Hey, he probably parts his hair on the right. I'd say on the right. Katy Perry and Orlando Bloom are facing a weird legal action after an elderly veteran claimed that he sold them his home while medicated. Uh. Carl Westcott originally filed a complaint on the sale of his Santa Barbara, California oh, residence to the pop singer. And actor, I first when I first read it too, I thought this is going to be Kentucky related. It to the pop singer and actor in August 2020, claiming he was of unsound mind after taking several intoxicating, pain-killing opiates. Perry and Bloom are not named as parties in the suit, but business manager Bernie Goodvey, who represented the couple during the sale of Westcott's home, is listed as the primary defendant. 
Why would it take until August of 2023 or July of 2023 for him to make this claim? Is he just now of... Is he just um, now of sound mind? Of sound mind. Did it take that long to get sound from unsound to sound? I mean, aren't we all medicated to some degree to where isn't that the couldn't that be a basis for any legal claim? I'm high on caffeine at the moment. I'm well, just telling I'm just you. saying. If, you, if I'm acting a little out of the ordinary. I didn't think you were of sound mind. Blame it on the caffeine. Okay. Uh, just most days, no. Pink. <laughs> yes, it's every day. Pink has a tiny new fan with an epic birth story during one of her summer carnival tour stops at oh, Fenway no. Park. Oh, a pregnant no. concert concert goer went into labor at the show. Angela Mercer of Albany, New York, had traveled to Boston with family members to attend the July 31st show. She was 31 weeks pregnant. And during the show, she began feeling strong contractions. And shortly after arriving for the performance, she went into labor. She placed a call to her doctor, urged her to head to the hospital right away. And so, you know, Pink is married to Corey, uh, no, Carrie Hart. Corey Hart's different. Uh, Carrie Hart, so she, that is actually her married name. And so she named her son Asen Hart, H-A-R-T, as an honor to the Pink Show. Okay. Hmm. Why didn't she name him Asen Pink? Now you get too close to a subwoofer, one of these things. Oh, yeah, I mean, sure. Uh, my, uh, my mother talks about when uh, I was in utero, so they went. Was she at a Pink concert, too? She was not at a pink concert, but they were at Beach Bend and there were drag races going on. Uh-huh. And she said, she, she said, I had a distinct reaction to the loud noises of yeah. drag racing. So yeah, absolutely. they absolutely know it. Interesting. Uh, Ali G, Sasha Baron Cohen's Ali G character is apparently, he's apparently rebooting the character and a new feature film is in the works. I don't, I know Borat, that's it. I know he was in that. The what was the trial movie about the the he's riots? Been, um, he played a serious character in. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Uh, I can't believe I can't think of it. It's the something seven, or Chicago the, seven, the or Chicago seven, or whatever. Yeah, something he, like that. And he, he was very good in that. But he played. I mean, Jean Gerard in, in Talladega Nights is. That oh is, yeah, I forgot oh, that was that's him. him. That okay, is, yeah, that's Borat. He's. Uh, he's the dictator. I mean, it's it's he's hilarious. Okay, I'm back to I'm uh, Talladega Nights is my favorite Sasha Baron Cohen yes. role. I mean, yeah. Borat, he's, he's I John like Gerard. The, I like the tagline of Borat. You know, that's mm-hmm. a very nice. Uh-huh. But I don't. Uh, but I like the character. The character is more meaningful to me in Talladega Nights. And then I do not know. I've not seen King of the Hill. But Johnny Hardwick, who was the voice of Dale Gribble. I assume if you're a King of the Hill fan, you know this, has passed at age 64. Yeah, it's like a group of four friends, and Dale is one of the four friends. Dale's one of the friends of Mm -hmm. Hank. Yes. He wears the sunglasses. Oh, he does? Yes. I think. Yeah, and he's he's got the, he also doesn't part his hair, I think. Learning opportunity for me. All right, got to get to a break. We'll come back, finish it up for the morning. Point to ponder, pearl of wisdom, more coming up here on In the Know. MB's Point to Ponder for today. So... I love a good sub sandwich. Okay. Right. Yeah. A, a hoagie roll and, you know, mm-hmm. cold cuts and lettuce and tomatoes. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. Not the tomato mm-hmm. for Sam. No, nope. No tomato for Sam. But I notice, uh, I always like to call mine a Dagwood sandwich because I remember Dagwood yeah. and Blondie in the comic strip. But if you recall, the Dagwood sandwich was actually called a hero so do is there a difference between a sub sandwich and a hero? Do do you do you know I don't if there's think a so? There, you don't think there's I, a difference? If I, if or you're you just say not both, educated. If I well, I part my hair on the left. Okay. But I know some people, by the way, who part their hair in the back. Oh, they, right at the little crown. I mean, not the crown, they, but the the bump, the, the comb forward. You apparently, know that apparently movie. they're they're the same thing. <laughs> they're the same thing. Yep. It's okay. also according to to Google, it's also the same thing as a hoagie. But I, I think a to me a hoagie is almost got to be warm. Hmm. Oh, you think so? Uh huh. Hmm. Yeah, I think I'll, I'll stick with the cold. Uh, so anyway, I was just curious about that because I, you know, a, a Dagwood sandwich was not called a sub; it was called a hero, so I didn't, and, and it was super tall, you know, like I have the... Trey and I were watching a vintage movie from the 90s the other day, and there was a sub place featured, mm-hmm. and this sub place had cut the bread out of the top, mm-hmm. like they used to, 
oh, instead yeah. of right down the middle. He's like, what is up with that sandwich? <laughs> <laughs> like, That's funny. And no idea. I uh, just got a note. A hero was named in New York City by a restaurant that said you had to be a hero to eat it. It was so large. Like, it was... Hmm. Trustworthy source, you think, there? Yeah. Okay. Well, more trustworthy than us, right? Well, I mean, the bar is low, but... Yeah. I watched uh, Untold Manzel so last night. This weekend is on uh, my list. Or I had no idea. Because it's, it's one episode, is it? Or isn't yeah, it's it like... one hour. One hour, ten minutes, and it comes to an abrupt end. I thought, there's got to be a second part to this. But for whatever reason, I lost track of him after Texas A&M. I didn't realize the that journey that he took in the NFL, and he just kind of disappeared from my radar, and now I know why. He disappeared from a lot of radars pretty quickly. Uh, then I did get into quarterback, so I've seen the first two episodes of quarterback. That's good. I like those docuseries. If you like hard knocks, you're going to love. It's um, uh, Mariota, it's Kirk Cousins, and it's uh, Mahomes. Yeah. And it's good. I saw the first episode of that. My, I love behind-the-scenes stuff. Mahomes says really good things about he the does. Bengals. He does. I've seen that so. clip. I'm out. So, okay. Well, Burrow says he'll do it in a couple of years. I'll be all in. But oh, till that I point, okay. till that point, I'm out. Oh, so uncle. He's a, he's a fair-weather friend of the series. I see. You have an uncle what? That reminds me of Kirk Cousins. He's just kind of a... Does he yell at plaid you and shirt, say you like that? Plaid shirt. <laughs> yeah. Plaid shirt guys sitting outside making a fire with the family. It was so out of character. Uh, Kirk Cousins is not does not seem to be that, you know, rah rah. You like that type of guy. It's just not. It's not his personality. And I think that's one of the reasons that it captured so mm-hmm. much attention. Because like, whoa, look at Kirk Cousins. You yeah, know, you know, talking talking smack. Yeah. So I don't know, or I don't know that it was smack. It was just more just a reaction from yeah the game. He was so. yelling at the media because the media said that he th- there was some media story about him mm-hmm. struggling, maybe for prime time. Yeah. And he ran off the field, was yelling at him, saying, like, you like that. Yeah. Well, like I, that. I do think it was funny. Uh, and, and, Dennis, if you've seen it, you probably Mantel probably, yeah. probably know. Um, I mentioned hard knocks in some of these shows. The language is just hard because it's just F-bomb and this. Hard and to that, Over and over and over. And I was like, well, you know, it's just not necessary. Why? Mm-hmm. And so uh, it happens, and that's the way that they talk in the league, and I get it. But then it was funny to see the Kirk cousin segments in this because it would be he'd say golly yes yes and he was meeting with the team psychologist and talking about you know working through relationships and i was like you go bro it was just funny it was a a definite maybe even a bible study that was referenced or something i was like that's what i'm talking about yeah they're sitting around the fire though and he made some other thing you know basically the equivalent he said something like cottonhead and ninny muggins yeah he's like oh i got a hole in my favorite sweatshirt it was like a dollar store shirt you know just somewhere All right, today's highlight in history. This date in 1997, President Bill Clinton made the first use of the historic line item veto, rejecting three items in spending and tax bills. The first federal prisoners uh, prisoners arrived at Alcatraz Island this date in 1934. Wow. There's a Caneyville connection to that, by the way. It's not you, is it? It is not me, believe Hmm. it or not. It is not just that I've been to Alcatraz Island, because I have not. I have been to San Francisco, but I did not tour Alcatraz. In 1992, the Mall of America opened in Bloomington, Minnesota. In 2014, Academy Award-winning actor and comedian Robin Williams died in California at age 63. Mm. Three years ago today, Democrat Joe Biden named California Senator Kamala Harris as his running mate. What a national treasure she is. And pivotal to the... It's, uh, it's amazing that it's almost been things. 10 years since Robin Williams. Worked out well. Mm-hmm. I'm hung up on that. Yeah, 2014. Yeah. Is the Mall of America still going strong? I it, know we talked about malls this week. It is. Um, Mall of America is still going. Never been. Uh, sometime when you get a chance, have Misty share her Mall of America story with you. I'd love it. Uh, John Conley is 77. Eric Carmen is 74. Steve Wozniak is 73. We talked about Hulk Hogan on Tuesday. Yes. Hulk Hogan's birthday. 70 today. What is his real name? Terry... Terry Cruz? No, that's a that, yeah. old spice guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, a, little, a little different there. Terry Balea? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Balea. That's right. Terry Jean Balea. Viola Davis is uh, fifty-eight today. Joe Rogan is fifty-six. Chris Hemsworth is forty. Is that Thor? Wow, that uh, is no Thor. Thor is isn't Thor Liam? Uh uh-uh. uh No, it's Chris. I get all those Hemsworths mixed up. Yeah. Oh, 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 oh. 
Gone Is that but, you? Gone but That's, not forgotten. We talked about Hulk on Tuesday, and I found that picture of Trey. Oh. Uh, sorry, go ahead. Mike Douglas was born in 19... Yeah, I'll try and stall, although we are running out of time. Mike Douglas, born this day in 1920. Alex Haley, born this day in 1921. Klaus von Bülow, born in 1926. Jerry Falwell in 1933. Chart toppers. Yeah. Let's go to 1959. It was August 11th, 1959, that the Drifters were number one. Okay, I said I'd try to stall, but I'm not trying to stall that much. Well, it's, it's, uh, uh, thank you. No, not your fault. I'm saying the Drifters won't play. Sure. Uh, oh, I was going to say, I mean, I, g- give, give me like 15 seconds. Can somebody cue the Drifters? By the way, I will tell you, I did not expect that today was going to be the day that a congressman, a U.S. congressman, would ask me for a coaster. Hey. If they could have a coaster. Congressman Guthrie is the proud new owner of a Richfield Country Station 103.9 The Moose Coaster. Pretty impressive. He said, you have any more of these? I said, you can have that one. So, hey, he's a rich man today. He's blessed. Who would have thought? He is blessed. Okay. Check that out. Wow. That's not really Hulk Hogan. It's not, but the whole week he dressed oh. and, looked, and he talked just like him. This was in Destin, Florida. Oh, okay. And I was like, dude, we got to get a pick. Brother. I thought you were trying to pass that off as that was no. really Hulk Hogan. That's not true. I mean, maybe back in 2016 I was. But. The Rascals, People Gotta Be Free, number one in 68. I'm going to recreate that picture next time. I, I was really it. looking forward to a picture, I believe, brother. Oh, come on. He looked pretty good. No. Hey, he looked pretty good. He was not nearly oiled up enough. But on that vacation, I literally <laughs> saved Alex from one of the... Riptides. You did? I did. Like the day before that picture. And th- 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 this guy come over and say, good that save, guy, bro- good save, brother. He did. <laughs> he came down from his balcony he was sitting on, and he was in the elevator in the lobby meeting us when he came in because he's like, dude, I just want to tell you, brother, good job. Oh. That's a true story. So even That's Strawberry Queen about that one. On. Oh, that's true. All right. Best of my love, emotions number one at 77. I mean, I... Apparently, I haven't cleaned out these pictures here, and I love that in in this folder that I have to transfer, I've got it's like all cook pictures. Uh, I have. How do we get lousy with cook pictures? Oh man! Look at that, headed to Western on Monday. That's what I'm talking about. Peter Cetera, glory of love. Next time we see him dressed like that, it'll be a red tuxedo. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. Yeah, glory Top of love, hat. Peter Cetera. Kiss from a rose in '95 by Seal. Pieces of me, Ashley Simpson in '04. Blurred Lines in 13, and Harry Styles as it was in uh, last year, 2022. Maybe maybe he'll be Big Red. He could be. That would be it's awesome, possible. too. We know a couple of people that could probably vie for that job. That would be that would be very good at it. I'm too tall. MB's Pearl of, I wasn't thinking of you. MB's Pearl of Wisdom for today. Dennis, thanks for coming in. My pleasure. Thank you, guys. Uh, I'm trying to make the show last as possible so you don't have to mow the yard. Uh, oh, please. Sooner, I think I saw us. Sprinkle of rain. Maybe there's a commercial you need to record or something while you're here and you can get out of there. Yeah, that's it. MB's Pearl of Wisdom for today. Nothing nothing makes you sweat like realizing you forgot to put on deodorant. Oh, man. Nothing mm-hmm. makes you sweat like realizing you forgot to put on deodorant. MB's Pearl of Wisdom for today. Remember, God loves you, and I do too. If you don't know Jesus, let me know and I'll introduce you. Look forward to seeing you back here on Monday for another edition of our show. For Sam Gormley, for Dennis Cook, I'm MB, and now you're in the know.